Hello and welcome back to the Accommodation Show. We help accommodation owners like you get the knowledge and skills that you need to grow your business, improve your guest experience, and increase your profitability. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Accommodation Show. This week is the second week of our three-part series with the lovely Paul Anderson. Welcome back. It's very good to see you again, Bart. I'm excited to see where this journey takes us. It's going to be, yeah, I think this is where the rubber's really going to hit the road. Yeah, I love it. And I really enjoyed uh, doing our previous episode um, about why people should be on Instagram. And today, folks, we're going to be covering off on turning lookers into bookers. Or to put it more simply, how do we get people to convert during their journey from looking at a post on Instagram to actually making a booking so that you can make money from all this content that you've been making in the past. Is that about right? Absolutely right. Let's do it. Yeah, fantastic. So look, um, let's get straight into it today. Um, rather than chatting about everything that you do, we did that in the previous episode. So make sure that if you are interested in that, you go back. And folks, if you are watching this, what I would like you to do now is just to click below and subscribe to the channel. Um, it really helps us with the content that we make. It helps us keep doing what we're doing and delivering value to you. So when we're talking about lookers into bookers, um, quite often when uh, we think about Instagram or those platforms, it's quite a passive platform. We don't think that people are actively going to go and think, oh, I need to book a holiday. I'm going to go onto Instagram, try to find a post to follow, and then make a booking. How do we get people to actually change or how do we get capture those people from them kind of scrolling to then going through that funnel um, to making that booking? Well, I think, I think Bob, I, would, I kind of have to disagree with you here. So yes, people will trip over you as they're scrolling through content and these things. However, um, Instagram is, is increasingly searchable and people do actively search for vacation rentals in Philadelphia or um, bed and breakfast in Oxford. I know it because I live it and I channel all of my energies into trying to attract both those who are passively scrolling as well as those who are actively searching. And so I think when we, when we consider how we're going to essentially convert um, people who see our content on Instagram and get them onto our website, I think it's very important to realize that there are, there are two different streams of people. As you rightly said, people who trip over our content, they find it engaging, they like what they see, and then they go looking for more, but also people who, who are actively looking for accommodation in a particular place. And it's those two things that are particularly key. So as, as the technology is evolving, increasing numbers of people are going to Instagram than they are going to the likes of Google. Other search engines mm -hmm. are available. However, mm -hmm. people are using Instagram. And I know this for a fact. I've researched it, so I'm in the Royal Air Force Reserves. I often go training with people who are much younger than me, and I say to them, when you're on a detachment somewhere and you want to go and find somewhere to eat or somewhere to drink or you've not been provided with board and lodgings, how do you find it? They say, oh, well, we go to Instagram and we look for I don't know, board or accommodation in insert location. And if we like what we see, we'll then pursue it further. Or if they're looking for a bar and they like discos, whatever it is, because they're much younger than me. I don't do discos anymore, but people are actively searching. And so what overarching principle is that both groups of people, whether people who are passively going through Instagram or actively looking for something on Instagram, the only way to get them to your website is through your profile. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
So Instagram only affords us one place for a permanently clickable link, and that is on our profile. So it's important that we approach our profiles as the portals, and I describe it when I'm, when I'm coaching as the portals through which we have to get lookers onto our website, and then we can then put a book now button in front of them once we have their undivided attention. So it doesn't really, it is important that we craft our posts in order to draw people to a call to action and drive them onto our profiles, yes. But if they get there and it's underwhelming or it's disappointing or it's not aligned with the content we spoke about pillars last time, if, if people are looking for a dog-friendly place and then they go onto a profile, it doesn't say anything about being dog-friendly, they're not going to go rooting around to confirm what they've previously thought. They're going to move on. They're going to get on with the rest of their lives. And you've lost that individual at that point. So mm -hmm. the profile is absolutely critical and fundamental to everything else that then happens around around what you're doing let's um this is so interesting and the way that people are consuming content and the way that people are finding answers to information is changing uh, and it's evolving rapidly uh, so much so that right now there's a huge war between um bing or so therefore microsoft and google as to how they're going to deliver search and deliver answers to people's questions and I guess that's the, the, the holy grail is we're trying to give people information which is relevant to them. And from what you're saying is you're saying, hey, people want, they understand that Instagram is a useful tool to find information they're looking for. So where is a great place to stay? Um, and Instagram can deliver that. And I think you're right. I think that, um, that uh, the active looking for bars and restaurants has always been a thing for a long time. And you've got huge influencers that that do drive um, traffic into a restaurant or into a bar or a club, where's trendy to go, where's the best place to eat, where's the best new ice cream shop, all that kind of stuff. But for accommodation, it's probably not as well developed, but developing. So if you're going traveling to a particular location, where should I go? Thailand, I'll go to Bali, I'll go to Hong Kong or wherever, wherever. but for specific accommodation, I can see that developing more and more as people actually almost like Google it but, or Insta it going, all right, so I'm going to this particular location. Where are the best accommodations to stay? Absolutely right. I mean, even if one was to look at two fairly straightforward things, so underneath one's at handle and username, there is a category. There's entrepreneur, creator, marketer, whatever it is, but there's hotels and there's vacation rentals and specifically. So if you use those types of tags, then when someone is using those types of search terms, Instagram is instantly going to float you certainly to the top group within that region. Stretch that even further into when you do a search on the right-hand side, there's a, a little teardrop icon or it'll say location. And you can go to that location and it brings up a map. Now, just beneath the map is a, a list of all the accounts that are posted in that small region. But between the two, there are various buttons. There's um, bars and clubs. There are um, restaurants and cafes. And the next one is hotels and accommodation. Mm. So they're actively looking to categorize what Instagram knows people are already looking for on Instagram. They wouldn't, be, they wouldn't give you an opportunity to filter everything into accommodation in that region if they didn't know people were actively looking for it. And they have the wealth of data. It would be absolutely pointless for them to, to do it on a whim. And so we can discern from that that People are actively looking for accommodation in particular places using Instagram. Now, because not many hosts are aware of this, and I, I keep kind of banging on and preaching about it, but 
It means that if you're the first person to start putting your location onto your post, making sure that you have a business profile with your address and a contact button, all that good stuff then gets fed into that map. So if you're doing it and no one else does it and someone is using Instagram, they're not mm. going to see your competition because ping, that'll pop up. They tap that little nodule that comes up and they're straight to your profile. They can see all of your content. They can see that link in bio and everything is there for them. Why would they go anywhere else at that point? And so utilizing that by putting keywords into a bio, not repeating your at handle with your username. So it could be, I don't know, um, at Monkey Palace Hotel. And then it says Monkey Palace Hotel. The only keyword in there is hotel. Mm. But Monkey Palace could be family friendly. It could have monkeys. It could, you know, and that's where the keywords go in. And then when you move into the bio, again, stuff it full of keywords. It's not quite as important as the username. But people often miss that trick on the username. They just don't put keywords in it mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. And so by recognizing that people will discover you by accident or because the algorithm thinks or knows that they're going to be interested in it, so passively, as well as actively, all informs how to structure a bio and a profile that will convert and will push people, actively push people onto your website. Because once you've got them on your website, you have their undivided attention. And that's where the likes of you come in, Bart, where you, yeah. you hold that attention and you shape it and you constantly push them to the top right for that book now, which is why we do what we do. That's fascinating, and I, and I couldn't agree more. Uh, I think that once uh, people are on your Instagram profile and you start to push them through, you've got to make sure that you've got your brand consistency happening uh, and all of that. And I'm going to come back to the websites in a second because, of course, it's something that I know an awful lot about, and we can have a discussion about that because it's not, hey, just someone's going to become a booker on Instagram. They're going to become a booker through that entire journey and, until we get to the end. But I want to do a little bit more about that sort of the – the, the passive and the active sort of looker because you're going to have two of those categories of people looking at your Instagram profile and getting engaged with what you're doing. Uh, and we've talked about the active part and let's kind of close that one off. So if someone's actively looking, we can do things to try to get them in. So we can do um, a bit of sort of SEO, so to speak, so or optimization of the prof profile um, through keywords, through location as well. Um, I'm taking it through tags as well we can we can do some optimization on our posts so that um, when people are looking for certain keywords then they're getting drawn to our profile is there anything else that we can do to make sure if someone is actively looking for accommodation um, that uh, they're going to find us um, and then uh, maybe we can also then once we, we talk about anything else we can do to, to find us then to make sure that that person actually does do the clicking that they need to do so the, the key to being discoverable for someone who's actively searching for accommodation type in a particular region or a particular place is, is just exactly that. Um, and there is now a phrase being bandied around, which is Instagram SEO, um, because Instagram has its own search engine. And so putting keywords in captions, which sit beneath images, even having, um, taglines or sound bites that have keywords overlaid on top of images. So um, frequently I, I coach clients on putting your logo, but also putting snippets of reviews on top. If that contains keywords, the AI will pick up on that. All of these things will trigger the discoverability, but it all does come back to your profile. Your profile is your, is your hub. 
It's your, it's your core, it's your center of information. So the words that you use in describing your username should be describing your business. In the, in the bio, I highly recommend breaking your bio into three sections, who you host, family friendly, or couples only, whatever that, that, that is, because people will use them as search terms. So who you host, how you host them, i.e. things that make you unique from your competition, and then a call to action, something like get in touch and start planning your stay, or special discounts with little fingers that point down <laughs> to the link that you have there. And so, in so doing, when someone arrives, having seen a post that sits in one of the topics that we spoke about last time, and then they go to your profile, and lo and behold, they just see exactly the same stuff that they're, that they're looking for, and you're speaking to the individual that is your avatar, they will, you're hoping, do one of two positive things, either follow the account and come back to it later, or they'll click through that link in bio. Now, the, the only way you can encourage people to click a link in a bio is to go and tell them to click a link in a bio. <laughs> yeah. I think any marketing post that doesn't have a call to action to it deserves crickets. It deserves tumbleweed because if you don't ask your viewer to do something, the most you're going to get is maybe, oh, I like that picture. And so calls to action at the end of every caption with keywords, not crammed in with keywords. It needs to flow in the caption exactly the same repeated throughout your profile will ultimately mean that Instagram knows exactly who you are, what you're about, and therefore someone is searching for something that you fit that bill for, you're, you're going to pop up. Inevitably. And, and on that note, if you are not subscribed to The Accommodation Show, make sure you subscribe right now below and give us a thumbs up for that top tip from Mr. Paul. You're absolutely right. So you need to make sure that you do have a call to action. Otherwise, the posts don't actually achieve anything. Um, when, we, when I actually um, teach people about websites and I do coaching with that, the structure that you actually explained through um, what your bio should look like is exactly the same thing on a website. Your call to action is book now. You need to avoid distracting people with all the other garbage and nonsense on your website that a lot of experts will tell you to put on there and say, you've got to have this, you've got to have that. It gets overwhelming. The only thing you want them to do is to book. But the key to all of this is making sure that you identify the person beforehand. You say, hey, I'm talking to you. I want you to book. And you do that by saying family friendly, pet friendly. Perfect for, for, for a hen's party, a buck's party, and all of those sorts of things. Um, it's important that you talk to your avatar, the, your ideal guest, and you say, hey, I'm talking to you. I want you to do this. Um, so that's how you're thinking about the bio, right? And, and, and in so doing, you're also telling, telling the algorithms, I serve these people in this way, and if people are fit this criteria and they like these things, then put my content in front of them. And if you're consistent with it, then the algorithm will learn that. It doesn't take much to confuse the algorithm because if you're, if you're consistently posting about topics that you know your, your avatar is interested in, and then suddenly you go left field and go, oh, look, it's my grandson's birthday and back again, the algorithm won't know where that fits or, and it will just, excuse my language, it'll just die on its ass. It will have been a complete waste of time, not only because the algorithms won't understand it, but neither will your ideal guest. They'll be like, what is this? And this is not what I expect. It's not what I signed up for. It's not what I followed for. And they'll either unfollow you or they just won't pay any attention to you in the, in the, in the near future, let alone the long term, which is what you ultimately want. Because 
identifying your ideal guests and serving them turns them into repeat business, it turns them into your sales force, it turns them into the people that write reviews, and it just spreads itself. So singularity, both in terms of what you're posting, but also a call to action is, is absolutely crucial. And there's a, it's a very good analogy for it. So I know that if I put Netflix or something like that in front of my son and say, you've got 20 minutes of TV, he'll spend about 18 of them just freaking out because he can't choose. Then he'll have a meltdown and his time's up. If I give him three DVDs and say you can watch one for 20 minutes, he just picks it, done. And then he's got then he's got his fun. If I say, do you want to watch this DVD or not? He'll just say yes and sit down. And it's yeah. it's that singularity that translates because people don't have the attention span. They have the attention span of my six-year-old. It's very similar when people are on social, mm. social media. So in order to grab that, you have to be very decisive and not, oh, if you wouldn't mind awfully, if it's not too much trouble, if you could comment on this. No. Comment with your opinion, done. Yeah. Link in bio, done. Just punch it out there because people won't get upset if you're not British and overly polite about everything. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, once again, comments in bios uh, below, folks. We want your comments. We want to get your feedback. We want to see if this is working. Is us telling you to post and to comment below working? And if it is, and if it's compelling you to do it, then you know that we're onto something. Um, okay, so so amazing. So uh, I, I couldn't agree more with this, and I'm so excited right now because there's so many things that you know that we all know as marketers, but also just kind of putting it into action and doing what what you actually say. Um, it's it's actually quite difficult to get it right and to get the posts on topic and that sort of thing. Um, and that's something we kind of started to cover off on the last uh, episode, which is about the content pillars to make sure that we're talking to our audience in the right way. Um, we've talked about having these kind of active uh, people that are looking, so they're looking for somewhere to stay. They click on the, uh, they click on, uh, they find you, and they have a look through your profile. They go, "Yep, I love it. It speaks to me." Then they click on the link, and then hopefully we we take them off, and they've got an amazing I booked online website, and they they buy. Um, on the flip side of that, so if you've got someone that's passive, okay, so this is your your core audience, probably 90% of people that you're talking to on a regular basis that are engaging with your content, that love what you do, you've got your followers, you've got your network, um, are we able to convert them into, into a direct booking? Absolutely, absolutely. Although it's worth remembering that because you can't yet book a room or rent a space directly on Instagram. You can buy a belt or a candle or a dog collar, but you can't rent space directly on Instagram. Then when it comes to passive consumers of Instagram, it becomes a brand awareness tool. Mm -hmm. And what that will do is it will put you top of mind. Now it could be that you do something particularly exciting, particularly interesting for your ideal guest. And your ideal guest doesn't know that they want to go and stay with you, or they don't know that you're half an hour away, or they don't know that you're in the same neighborhood as them and it would be an ideal place, not necessarily for them, but for their mother, or for their cousin, or for their pal, or for their business folk, or because they're having a conference. If they don't know that you're there, then they're never going to consider you. And in this respect, it becomes more of a long game. Whereas if you're if you're if you're repeatingly posting the same content or similar pillars, and you're doing it very very regularly, and then you take it to the next level, and this is kind of proper ninja skills, if you can find local businesses who whose ideal client is exactly the same as your ideal guest, 
for example, I, I, I engage a lot with um, local bakeries and we have a couple of coffee roasters. And I know that my ideal guests love those. Although the people who frequent those establishments don't need somewhere to stay, they will inevitably have people that come and visit them or people who will ask them, do you know anywhere to stay? And they will then become the referral network. So what I do is I have little notifications that ping up whenever a post comes out from, it's about 15 of these businesses that are local and they share an ideal client with me, I will try and find something meaningful. If I can't think of anything meaningful, I won't do anything. But if they post, I try and be the first one in. And that means all the other 10, I mean, this, this coffee roastery has got 18,000 people following them. And so if I'm constantly and repeatedly popping up at the top of their feed with meaningful comments about how lovely their space is or the coffee is, all of those people following them or people who drink coffee there, when they have people come and visit, they go, oh, there's that place, um, Southfield Guesthouse, he knows about coffee. Yeah. And they've already identified with me and then they'll go looking for me. So there, there are a variety of ways that you can you can reinforce the brand awareness, but it basically just boils down to that by getting yourself top of mind, either as a local expert or as an expert in a particular thing. You might be a farm stay, for example, and you you have beautiful cows and, and, and you cook amazing beef or whatever that is. If you are constantly refreshing and becoming top of mind, then what will happen is that the people who do follow you, when they engage with your content, the algorithms will see that as valuable and push it to similar people. And if we're always talking about an ideal guest or an ideal avatar, we want people who are similar to them as possible. And the algorithm will do that for us. And as a direct result, what that means is that follower count, in my mind, is, a, is, is massively a vanity metric because it's people who don't follow us that we want to be getting in front of. People who follow us know who we are. They're following us because they like what we do and they're engaged with us or they've been previous guests or they want to come and stay with us in the future. It's the non-followers that we need to be targeting. Yeah. Okay. So, um, look, I love, I love some of those ninja tips, by the way, um, working with local businesses to try to uh, kind of work as a community towards building following brand awareness. And I really like the idea that you just said of um, actually finding businesses that share a similar demographic or avatar um, that, that you have and the audience that you're trying to get to engage with your content. And that makes complete sense. And that would also make sense that when someone's visiting that particular establishment, cafe, restaurant, bar, club, zoo, um, whatever it is, they go, oh, where should I stay? Oh, it's that one. They'll see that there's that network and that link. Uh, I'm wondering, what are your thoughts on, um, in terms of passive, that back to the passive kind of audience, uh, just to kind of round out this topic as well, um, creating promos, creating deals, doing something to, to engage them and say, hey, um, you need to book some, in a, ahead of time because uh, Valentine's Day is coming up or because you need to book now because if you don't book now, you won't get a place for Easter or for Christmas or for special events. Or did you know that in our area, there's this festival happening these particular dates you have to book now or trying to incentivize them through through price to go, hey, you need a, you need a book now. Or is that also just a recipe to get people to unfollow you and get too tired of what you're doing? I think increasingly the latter. Um, I think it's very, very difficult to direct sell on a social media platform because people will very, very quickly identify it 
Um, it can become quite spammy and even kind of feel a bit cringy, really. Um, and I think it's also when it comes to content marketing and outbound marketing and brand awareness, I think as well as knowing exactly to whom you're marketing, I think it's very, very important to be authentic. Authentic to your personality, authentic to what you're comfortable with, authentic to what your business ethos is, what you stand for. And, and so I think it's very, very easy to say, oh, I'm doing 20% off at the weekend. And number one, cheapen yourself. The people who are following you are going, well, that's a bit short notice. Um, but at the same time, I think it is, it is, um, it is still perfectly reasonable to create a, a, some sense of FOMO or fear of missing out. So I've, I don't do it when I've seen it done very effectively where people will say, last room or last pitch or last one for Valentine's. But then just leave that there and say, well, if, if you're interested, then this is how you come ahead and you can find out how to book with us. As opposed to saying, we're doing a Valentine's promo, you can have a bottle of champagne, we'll put rose petals in your toilet and it's a hundred bucks a night. So there's a, there's a blend between the two. And, and I think it's, it, it's very easy to put a post together and create something and just whack it out there and hope that someone's going to go, oh, that's the deal I suddenly want, magically, and book it. I think what's more likely to happen, as you suggested, is that people will go, oh, that's a bit salesy. You've not done that for a while. That's not why I'm here. Yeah. And that blends in somewhat in, into the sense that your, your account and your, the people who follow you are a community. So Facebook has Facebook groups. Instagram doesn't have Instagram groups. There's talk of it, but they don't have groups per se where everyone knows exactly what it's about. And so nurturing those those followers and the people who are already there and creating a sense of connection between you and them as well as amongst themselves just firms all of that up. And so I think it's, it's always worth spending time with Instagram stories to connect with them, um, asking for what they think on particular things and engaging with them because it will unify that. And I think it's very, very easy then just to pop that bubble with a, with a spammy salesy come stay yeah. with me at Valentine's for 50 bucks. And you know, yeah, I couldn't agree more with, with what you're saying. And um, we don't want to put up posts for people to actually, um, to try to sell to them on those platforms. I've seen it done many times with different messaging, which doesn't really fit the brand. And it's a little bit too pushy. I mean, like even from a book direct perspective, I'm a massive advocate for, for direct bookings and sending out the message, but don't overwhelm your audience by going book direct, book direct, book direct. It's okay, but people get it. They're not silly. They get it. They've seen the message the first time. It's something to communicate that there's value in booking direct, but just sending that message alone, it's all about you and it's not really about them. Now, when you do these posts and when you're talking about this passive audience that you want to engage and you want to do something that's a little bit more salesy, don't forget that you're always trying to provide value. And that's what pe keeps people coming back and engaging with your post because like, oh, that was really valuable. So you can still do a deal. You can still do an offer. Those kind of reminders about saying, hey, if you don't book now, it's going to fill up. That's a great reminder and a great piece of value. Another thing that you could do, for example, if you're looking to get those midweek stays filled up, you could say, hey, here are all the wonderful things that you can do in a midweek stay in my, uh, midweek stay in my particular area. And you'll find people go, wow, I never knew 
the opportunities that I have to go during the week because uh, one, it's less busy, two, I can get in and do all the activities that I would normally not be able to do and all the things in your particular area that um, will give value once again to your audience. And I think if you're constantly trying to strive for value, um, then you won't grade against your audience, you'll resonate really well, and, that, and, and then having a call to action at the end is, uh, is appropriate as well. Yes, I, I think giving value is absolutely key to maximizing and leveraging any potential Instagram has. If you're not giving people value, why would they bother wasting their time looking at what you're doing? You, you, you have to give something, even if it's something small. Um, someone once said to me um, that they use their Instagram to tell people what they ought to be doing with their business, but not necessarily how they should be doing it. And mm -hmm. if you translate that to hosting, it's if you come and stay here during this period, then you can have X, Y, X, Y, and Z. The how is go to my website and hit book now. So you tell them what they could be missing out on or what they can aspire to or um, little local tips and tricks that people are generally unaware of or local hidden gems or things they didn't know about you. And then, and then you drive them through the profile and that's where the sale happens. I think the only place really where you can direct sell would be number one on your website and secondly in an email marketing list because people yeah. are expecting that and yeah. that's very, very targeted. Beautiful. Okay, so we've covered off on the, the active lookers and how to kind of get them engaged and get them going through to, to the booking page. We've talked about the passive um, people, your audience that's kind of constantly following your content. And now if we if we were to round it up, so we've kind of got them, now they've clicked on the link, which is fantastic. Are there any, um, like, it's a bit of a loaded question, but from your your kind of Instagram brain to the book direct website brain. Is there anything that you recommend or things that you should, that you, you tell people to think about in that transition from Instagram through to the book direct website? I think I have two things to say about, about this. I think if you're just starting out and you're thinking about, I need a website, I want a social media presence. I'm going to need X, Y, or Z, then thinking of it holistically, I think it's very, very important because there are, there are, um, brand colors that might look very, very good on a website. Um, so I have a client and a lot of her website is black with a kind of goldy color, so black, white and goldy colors. But when you translate that over into Instagram, into a very small image, very small pocket of graphics, it just comes across as a bit like a strip joint. It just comes across as a bit cheesy and a bit glitzy. And that's not, what this client does. When you go to the website, it does actually look really, really classy. So yeah. thinking about that holistically is very, very important. And I would, I'm known for flipping processes on their, on their heads. So what I would suggest is it once you've come up with your brand colors and your schemes and these things, or if you have that well established, then translating that into your content or rather into your profile, and then again, translating it into your content is absolutely key, such that, granted, people are coming from a post to the profile and onto the website, but if you design it, website, branding, profile, content, then when they come down that slide, it doesn't feel like they've ever gone anywhere. Mm. You're removing any resistance to them coming down that funnel or coming down that slide and getting onto your website. And so, in many respects, certainly when I designed 
my color schemes and my highlight covers for Sanfield Guesthouse and looked at logos and variations of colors within the same logo. I started with my website, so there's a, there's a brown, a white, and an orangey color. I was like, right, how can I translate that into my content? So it doesn't really matter what the image is, but I have Sanfield Guesthouse in white and orange, brown and orange, brown and white, brown and brown, white and white, depending on what the background is, and I swap them out. So it's the same logo, but the colors are in there. And then the same colors are repeated in my highlights. And then the same colors are repeated in my website. So considering them holistically, is a very good idea. But if you're already well established, then starting with your website and going, right, that's the font I'm always going to use when I put text in front of an image because it's the same font that I use for my headline banners mm. on my website, for example. And it just, people often think, oh, it's not really going to make a massive difference. But it, if you go down a slide and you go over a small bump, you're going to notice it. And it's ironing out all of those little bumps en route is absolutely key to getting someone from a post, call to action, profile, website. Yeah, I love that. So effectively, it's brand consistency so that uh, when someone sees one brand that they're that when it gets through to or that they're moving through that journey, that it all kind of matches. And like you said, sometimes you're not going to get 100 percent there, but at least as long as you're conscious of uh, or conscientious of what uh, you want to achieve. So colors are very important. Uh, fonts can be incredibly powerful as well. Um, language. Yeah, yeah, language. If you think about um, also the pictures that you use, the colors, the tones as well, they can they all need to kind of match so that when people get to to where they're going, that journey and that story, uh, it is congruent and it all makes sense. So therefore, they have little resistance when they actually get to to the website. Um, when we when we think about the website and we think about someone landing there. Um, the good thing is if they've come off of Instagram, there's a very good chance that the trust element is already there in terms of trusting you and your brand. It's not like just a, a bare search on Google and then you go in and then you have to figure out and say, oh, who is this person or, and that sort of thing. So we don't have to go and reinforce that particular step as much on the website. But the one thing we do want to do on the website is assure people that it's going to be simple to get through to the checkout or to, to do what it is that they're looking to do. So that's one of those kind of key pillars that I'll teach and I'll coach is like, once they're there, they don't know whether it's going to be easy or difficult to get to the checkout. They don't know whether it's actually secure. They don't know how long it's going to take them to fill out all their details on the 20 different forms that you've put together. And we've all been there where we get to the shopping cart and it's seven steps. And you're like, oh my God, to get out of this, it's going to take me forever. I'm going to abandon this and go and, and shop it on Amazon or, or go back to Airbnb, that sort of thing. So you actually, it's it's a shame, but right now, if it is a book direct website, you have to spell it out that it is going to be easy relatively quickly um, at the top of the website. Um, that's something to, to recommend there. Um, I, I want to start to kind of move us towards, towards wrapping up because uh, I like to keep these episodes within that kind of half an hour range. Is there anything else that we're missing, Mr. Paul? No, I, I genuinely don't think there is. I think the key to converting active or passive um, people on Instagram all lies in the profile. The profile is the hub of everything that you do on Instagram. Um, and as it sits in the middle between content and between the website, then that very much is the portal. Um, I always have pins at the top of my feed at the social media hotelier. 
how to create a killer profile. And it's all laid out there, plain as you like, in simple English, simple language. And if you work through it step by step, and I've seen clients do it demonstrably and measurably, seeing more people coming from Instagram onto their website, seeing more people becoming followers, having visited the profile rather than scrolling on. And that's where the ROI kicks in. Yeah, beautiful. Paul, you are amazing. You're a wealth, a fountain of knowledge. Um, I genuinely enjoy talking to you because I, I swear to God, I've, there's just so many things and I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got to go do this. I've got to do that because we all think that we know everything about our businesses. We know how to do all this stuff. But sometimes just a reminder, hey, you've got to go and focus on these different points and make a huge difference. So I appreciate talking to you so much. Folks, your job right now is to leave us a comment below and let us know if you found this episode useful and why. Um, and make sure that you give us a, a, a like and a follow, so subscribe. Um, next week in our next episode, we're going to be talking about how to put the content together. So whether we're going to use any particular tools um, to, to create a reel or a story, how to create stories and reels and all that kind of basic stuff that for a lot of people, they'll find it quite overwhelming because there's so many different ways to do it, so many different tools, so many platforms. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask Paul how he does all of his stuff to create the content. So creating content next week is what we will be talking about. Paul, once again, thank you so much. Appreciate you. Um, give us a quick shout out to your Instagram profile and, and all your links. So that's at the social media hotelier on Instagram. That's always going to be the best starting place. I can't be talking about Instagram um, and not be <laughs> massively prominent and focused there anyway. Um, I'm so excited about next week. I'm going to strip it right back. It's not as complicated as people think. Do step by step how to do it and what you need. It'll be dead easy. I can't wait to get stuck in bar. Dead easy for you. Not for, not for me. No, uh, I, so I, I pride myself on communicating it clearly in straightforward words. And it is just one, two, three. You need this, this, and this. It's going to be brilliant. I can't wait. Good work. I appreciate you so much. Take care. Have a fantastic rest of the day. Lovely. Good to see you, Bart. See you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can find us at theaccommodationshow.com where you can find all the show notes, links to resources we have talked about, and transcripts from the show. I really do appreciate you listening. And if you'd like to support the show, then please subscribe, leave a comment, and share it with others.